What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is a Monday, February 5th, 2018, and you guys are listening to TVE episode number 342, everybody. Uh, How the heck is everybody doing? Uh, I first want to start off the show by explaining why it is starting uh, three days late. Um, I like an idiot. I shouldn't say an idiot. Actually, I'm not going to say an idiot. Okay. I'm really not, but I, uh, may or may not have a broken left ankle. Uh, it looks awful. It's a mess. You Patreon, uh, people might've saw the picture. Uh, I obviously can't put a picture on, uh, audio, (laughs) but, um, Tuesday night I was playing basketball at the, um, school, the local school here. Um, you know, and a bunch of dads in the neighborhood, my, my son's basketball coach and everybody's like, you got to come down on Tuesdays. And I used to play on Mondays in our old neighborhood and I was playing great, shooting my, my shot, I was getting my shot and everything was going good. And, uh, then I went up on this big guy, came down on his foot, my ankle rolled. I heard a pop and, uh, let's just say it blew up and looked like somebody took baseball bats to my, to my ankle and my foot. Um, uh, still in a lot of pain. And, um, it's been a, it's been a crazy week. I was literally not able to walk on my leg, uh, when I performed the, the next night I was, it was really bad. I needed crutches or a cane and I've been putting pressure on it. So, um, yeah, it was, I was in a lot of pain, needed to stay off of my feet and just was not able to, to do the show. So I apologize, uh, but it's okay because we'll get a quick turnaround. You get this one out on Monday and then you will get, uh, I'll probably put one out, uh, I would say either Thursday night, no, probably Friday, I'll probably put the next one out Friday, and then just get back on uh, back on schedule that way, so I do apologize for that, I was in uh, excruciating fucking pain, and uh, that I have not felt pain like that in, I was in such pain that like my body went into shock, like, like I don't know what it's like to like, I don't even know how to describe it, how bad it hurt, like, and it was just instant, it just, I just went down, and, um, and the fucked up part about this whole thing, guys, this is the craziest thing, right when I started to, um, be able to put pressure on my left ankle again, I mean, even though it's an absolute mess, right when I was able to actually somewhat walk on it, I have this weird thing now on my right foot, my good foot, in like the middle side of the bone, that is an excruciating pain when I step on it. So now I'm thinking, since I didn't take crutches or a cane because I'm an asshole uh, and didn't get the x-ray yet, I think though I am going to go just for precautionary x-rays. Um, I think I'm going to go tomorrow or tonight. I don't know. But now I don't know if the pressure I put on my right leg made me not really be able to step good on my right leg. So... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a mess. If you saw me walk in, you would be like, what the fuck does this guy do for a living? Um, so yeah, it's been, uh, it's been hard, but getting back on my feet literally. And, um, so here we go with, um, with the show, by the way, had a great time at Empire Casino in Yonkers. Can't believe I'm saying that. I usually go there and shit on the place but for so long. But really cool people, really good people. 
And uh, what can you do? Gambling degenerates on a Wednesday night. You can't. Hey, what are you going to do? Um, so, and I don't know if I told you guys, but uh, Weight Watchers, I've been doing Weight Watchers with my wife and I'm doing their new uh, freestyle program. We get a certain amount of points a day, but then points carry over. And uh, doing great. Lost some pounds. Then definitely had a slip-up day with the uh, Super Bowl. But we will get into that with sports and um, and all that stuff. So have a great show for you guys today. Going to be uh, talking about, uh, obviously, the Super Bowl, which was last night. I got a lot of feelings and views on it. It was probably one of the most bizarre uh, Super Bowls that I've seen. Uh, but I'll get into the reasons why I feel that way. Uh, in the sports section, of course, uh, yeah, got some, just got some fun stuff to, uh, stuff to talk about. I went to a dance with my daughter for school, which was amazing. One of the most, I don't know, just, uh, I don't know, it was like a heartfelt night that I had with my daughter, so I want to talk to you guys about that. Uh, my unacceptable, of course, your guys' unacceptables. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be, and get ready for TVE uh, 342. And uh, let's get let's get right into the uh, to the show. But before we do that, everybody, before we do that, let's go to the sponsors. Let's talk about the sponsors. The Virgin Effect Podcast is sponsored by Chassis Chassis for Men. Uh, incredible, incredible uh, powder for your uh, down there parts. That's right, man care for down there chassis. Premium body powder. Uh, it's just an unbelievable product that you guys know. You guys are using. It's uh, it has a hydro shield technology, uh, which provides all day protection against sweat, chafing, and odor. That's right. On your man parts, you never have to worry about it again. You never have to go, you know, to the to the gym and feel like you're going to be a mess down there ever. It's over. You don't have to work out or run and feel gross. This is an amazing, amazing product. If you've ever used any kind of powder down there, guys, um, just get rid of them because this is the one. And uh, this has been, I mean, I've had doctors use this, athletes. uh, They did a commercial, uh, Fred McGriff and Kenny Mayne did a commercial about it. It's amazing. And natural. Uh, no talc in there, no aluminum, no parabens, and no menthol. It's an amazing fine powder. One bottle will get you like through like the first quarter. I'm not even kidding. You do like three or four months on one bottle, and I use it every time I get out of the shower, and it's an absolutely an amazing product. Um, they also have a extreme cream, and they have a uh, shower primer. It's just, it's just, you got to check this company out. You got to check out their products. It is amazing. You can get Chassis, and that is C-H-A-S-S-I-S. That's right. C-H-A-S-S-I-S. Chassisformen.com or go to Amazon.com. You could find out all their stuff, all their products, and uh, trust me, you will love it. Everybody that I know who's taken it has loved it. And... I uh, want to do something too. I want to ask everybody out there who's gotten this product from the show. And I know people have written to me. So all of you people who have written me um, emails, letters, uh, seen me at shows saying thank you. I'm never going back. Please write a review. And I'd love to uh, read the reviews so other people can get this. Uh, this is an amazing product. They've been amazing to me and my show. And um, their product has been amazing to 
to you guys. And I want to hear about that and talk about it. So everybody out there who's gotten chassis, um, please for me, send a review and I'd like to, uh, I'd like to review those and, uh, and see what you guys think about this amazing product. And, uh, I know that the, uh, counterpart in your life, uh, appreciates it too. So anybody out there, you know, who's with somebody that's using this on their balls and likes it, why don't you send some of those reviews in too? But uh, in all seriousness, please do so. Check out ChassisForMen.com uh, or Amazon and get this amazing product today. Uh, you will thank me afterwards. I guarantee it. Uh, also, City Living Dog, guys. Coach Mike and City Living Dog. Check out his website. Check out all of his Facebook uh, check out all of his Twitter, all of his Instagram, check out his Facebook live videos, and most importantly, check out all of his incredible YouTube clips uh, of him training these dogs. He's helped Verzi Effect listeners, and uh, I'm going to have to get Coach Mike down here because my dog Lloyd will not shut the fuck up and stop barking, and it's been wild. But check out Coach Mike and City Living Dog. Also, guys, all things comedy. That's right, all things comedy. Amazing, amazing podcast network amazing with their comedy albums which um are doing great and they have television shows literally amazing online tv shows uh they're doing like uh fun they're doing a poker game with all these comedians they're doing cooking shows with their comedians they did produce my special i'm the first special and they're doing other specials too um, they're just really great. The production value of what they do is incredible and they really are for the artists and the comedians. So please check out allthingscomedy.com and follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy. Okay, guys, let's, uh, let's get into this. The other night, my breath was taken away, uh, taken away by my little girl. I, we had the daddy daughter, uh, you know, winter ball at the school. And uh, my kids go to the same uh, amazing elementary school in uh, northern Westchester County where we live. And uh, they do something cool where it's like the moms do something with the kid, the sons, and the daddies go to the, to the ball, the winter ball. So we got dressed up. You know, I put on a shirt and a tie. My daughter had this beautiful dress and these shoes and her hair was done. And she was so friggin' excited to go to this thing. She was so just like, Daddy, we're going soon in a couple of days, in a couple of days. And it was so cool. And like, I was like nervous, you know, like it was weird. It was like, I'm taking my girl to this dance and like all I've ever known. I know it sounds weird, but all I've ever known with the dance was you go with, you know, you go with a, a date to the prom and you do this and everybody's excited and you got nerves. And here I am. My five-year-old little girl is so excited to go with me and I'm nervous and I don't want to, you know, do anything wrong or upset her in any way. I just want her to be, you know, happy and stuff. And we, uh, like, honestly, like, she looked so beautiful. She looked like just, she blew me away. And then we go to this thing and even though she's five, she's like fucking 15. It's just weird. Just like little girls, like on this other level and the music, and then we were dancing, and uh, then they had, uh, and my wife, of course, because God forbid she doesn't get her grubby little hands on fucking everything, she and some other mothers um, volunteered, you know, to do refreshments and do stuff, but I know what my wife was doing, okay, my wife volunteered for one reason and one reason only, 
All right, my wife volunteered because she wanted to spy and see what the fuck was going on, that her daughter is in a, you know, her daughter is going to the first, you know, daddy-daughter thing. Where, where, you know, I, I have to keep an eye on this. So my wife is in there, you know, scooping fucking strawberry ice cream. Still giving us directions like, did you get pictures yet? You got to go get pictures or her hair is going to get like this. But uh, it was cool, man. I'm standing there with other dads. The funniest part about it is as great as it was and as much as they love being there with their dad, as soon as they see their friends, they're like, all right, dad, I'll be back. And they're just running around like totally like fuck off for now. You're just going to sit there and wait. And um, but here's a really funny story about the about the dance. All right. Now. I am on, um, so the, my leg injury happened on late Tuesday night. So, so by Wednesday was the worst day. Thursday was sort of better where I could kind of walk on it. Friday, the night of the dance, uh, I was able to put some pressure. So, uh, and I wasn't going to not do this right. You know, I, I would like, I told my daughter, she was like, Oh, you know, I was like, we were talking about dancing together and she could stand on my feet. And she was like, well, I'd be able to stand on your feet. And like, even if I was in pain, I was going to let her stand on my feet. Luckily when she stood on my foot, it didn't hurt. But, uh, cause the injury is more to the side. So we're, we're dancing towards the end of the night. And, uh, you know, some of the dads were just like, you could tell some dads wanted no part of it, not even to be a dick, just because like they don't dance, they're not into it. They were like looking at their watches and I'm not trying to shit on those dads or say that that's unacceptable or anything. I, I get it because it was a lot of your daughter ignoring you for a portion of the night, just running around dressed beautiful with their friends. They're excited. There's a DJ in the gym. Everybody's dancing. It was one hilarious moment of this night. Um, my daughter has, I'm not going to say a, a rival, but there's a girl in my, in my daughter's class that sometimes they like, like each other, but then sometimes it goes too far. And then there's like a little bit of a rivalry or whatever. Anyway, uh, that girl is there with her dad and, uh, my daughter runs up to the girl and says, oh, this is my friend. And then I see the dad. I shake the dad's hand. The dad seems like a really nice guy, a uh, big dude. And he's dancing with his daughter and he's spinning his daughter around. So my, so, so my daughter, you guys know where I'm going with this. My daughter's looking at this guy and then looking at him flipping, my, flipping his daughter around. And then she looks at me like, you better put your fucking dancing with the stars pants on dad. And we're about to do this shit. So next thing you know, I'm holding my daughter's arms. She's going under my legs. I'm throwing her up in the air. Okay, my lower back is begging for mercy. My ankle is looking up at me like, if you fucking do this, you know what's going to happen to me, right? I mean, I'm hanging by a thread, Paul, and you're doing this shit. And I'm looking at this big guy, and he's sweating. And he's like spinning his daughter around. His daughter's doing all kinds of spins and all this shit. And I'm just like... All right, so, and so he's like, do this, Dad, do that, Dad. And I, we just keep going, and we keep going, and we're doing it. Now I'm sweating, he's sweating, everybody's watching each other, and it was this dance-off. Um, but then it was fine. It was just so funny to see, like, and the dude seemed older than me, and he was doing a good job. Like, I mean, I'm not even in my 40s. And, and I was like, all right, this is, I mean, granted, I was on a bum leg, but holy shit. Um... 
And it was just so funny because you'd be in the gym hanging out, dancing, and then they'd go run and let's go get ice cream. And they had all kinds of refreshments and, um, but such a great time, um, greatest date of my life, such an honor to bring my daughter there. And we, we really did, you know, have a good time and seeing her get so excited just made me think two things. One, um, how lucky I am, how beautiful my little girl is. And two, um, I'm going to have a very, 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 very hard time with uh, somebody taking my daughter out. Uh, it's not going to be, honestly, like, I, I, it's not going to be good. It's not going to go well. And I'm not even joking around. It's not going to go well for me. Because, uh, you know, seeing her dressed up and then going out with somebody else and, you know, knowing that she's going to be in the hands of some fucking little pimple face asshole, it's, it's really hard to take, to be honest, you know. Just some dick ringing the bell. Hey, I'm here to get you a fee. It's just, you know, some kid that, you know, listens to shitty music and, you know, eats way too much candy. And now he's like out with my daughter. You know, I mean, maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe I'll get lucky. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's not something that you look forward to. I was talking to another dad about it. He was like, yeah, it's going to be wild. You know, I mean, granted, I got some time before it, but wow. So that was the... uh, they, uh, they actually called it the daddy-daughter uh, snowflake ball or winter ball, whatever. But it was awesome. It was really awesome. Uh, and my wife got to spy, so she felt good about that. You know, she felt good about that as well. Um, all right, guys. Let's, let's, yeah, but I mean, by the way, I got the, the injury. Like, people were like, well, when you get to a certain age, you got to watch basketball, and basketball's got, like, the most injuries for any dude over 40 or whatever. These guys are good. These guys are older than me. They're probably, like, 45. Um, it's a bunch of dads. Like I said, my son's coach. Just a bunch of people in our neighborhood who go. And these guys could ball, man. They're good. But, see, I started to get my legs back, and then I started to go into, you know, as somebody said, it's always tough when you go into the trees. It was such a great line. Because uh, that just means, yeah, I was going down against some big guys and trying to take it to the hole against some big guys, and the ankle just went. But um, I'm in. Embra- I'll be honest with you, I'm not even in my 40s yet, but I'm embracing getting old. You know, fucking diners and cake. I've talked about this before. Sweatpants and diners and 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 tea and coffee and sitting down with company for hours. Like that's a, the Giannis Papas's line about how diners are nightclubs for older people. It's one of the greatest things ever. Diners is one of the greatest inventions and greatest things that's ever been created. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, obviously not the injuries, but I'm looking forward to, um, it is true. Cause you'll just like, I'll just turn and be like, I think my lung hurts. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's move on here. Let's let's go to um, your guys unacceptable. Here's what we'll do: we'll go to your guys unacceptable, then my unacceptable, then we'll talk about the Super Bowl for a while. So we'll we'll definitely do that. All right. So let's go to your guys unacceptables. Uh, you guys listening to TVE three forty two? Hope everybody's enjoying it. Um, and I'm not in pain right now. I'm not. Well, I'm not. Let me just say I'm not in a lot of pain right now. Uh, but it has not been good. And my wife says I'm not playing basketball anymore. Little does she know I am. I'm going to get better and I'm going to go back out there and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fucking start knocking down some threes because that's what I do. But, you know, she thinks, oh, you're not going to go there, you know. 
Could you imagine, though, if I broke my leg and couldn't go to the dance with my daughter? That would have been really fucked up. Uh, oh, my God. I'm just imagining the fight that I would have with my wife. All right. So let's get to the unacceptables. Okay, here we go. First unacceptable is from Joel. I believe Joel. Don't know if this is new. Maybe had it had Joel before, but here we go. Uh, go. Let me just make sure I could read this right here. And okay, so Joel says, uh, "Hi, Paul. I have an unacceptable. Probably not as good as Kelly Meyer, but uh, anyway, here goes nothing. Uh, don't worry about that, man. Just uh, here we go. Something tells me you have a a problem with your poop." Let's see. Due to, <laughs> I don't even know if that makes sense. I should say your stomach. Your poop is probably fine. Anyway, here we go. Due to a chronic illness, it was suggested I get a colonoscopy. The doctor performing the procedure name was Dr. Tongue, which sounds like tongue. Basically, for two weeks up to the procedure, I had my older brother harass me. You can probably get the gist of his jokes. Anyway, before the procedure, the doctor gave me the normal clean-out medicines uh, and procedure. Regular to me has always been uh, every other day at best. I asked him if I need to do anything different, as this was somewhat abnormal uh, for most. The doctor insisted it would work. Uh, Fast forward to the day before the procedure. At 4 p.m., I take two uh, Ducalax pills. Uh, Ducalax? I guess that's how you say it. And this awful-tasting drink. Felt nothing. At 8 p.m., I took two more Ducalax as instructed. I thought by this time it should be working. In fact, I was able to go out that night. Um, What does he say here? I was able to go out that night. I do night photography in the winter while listening to uh, the Verzi effect and or Burr or uh, insensitivity training. Three great podcasts. Good for you. Uh, Got in at 11 p.m. that night with not even the mildest stomach discomfort. Went to bed, even putting a towel under me, just in case. I woke up at 5 a.m. with only slight stomach issues. I repeated the two uh, Ducalax and disgusting drink. Sat on the throne after and only felt bloated at best. The procedure was about 30 minutes from where I was staying and was at 7 a.m. Okay? Uh, about 6 a.m. was when it hit and hit hard. I destroyed the throne in my parents' house. My mom was driving me, so I just said, I think it's all out. Just drive and drive fast. Uh, well, about 15 minutes into the trip, I knew I couldn't hold any more. Trucker stop on the highway. Uh, didn't even get to sit in the stall before covering the toilet with mud. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, somehow cleaned up my ass. Uh, and got in a trucker stop. You had to clean your ass that good. That's brutal. Uh, and off we went. Got to the hospital and had my mom drop me at the door as I waddled into the reception area bathroom. At least I got my ass down on the seat this time, but totally wrecked another toilet. At this point, I felt nothing more could possibly come out. Doctor said procedure will be in 10 minutes. I awoke 40 minutes later with the doctor almost insisting I did not follow orders. He said his nurses had to give me an enema and clean me out before the procedure. <laughs> oh, God bless those nurses. 
Worst case of hemorrhoids followed for uh, for a week. The colonoscopy went well, otherwise I guess didn't find anything. The doctor gets an unacceptable. My ass gets many unacceptables and my brother gets an unacceptable. Lock us all up. Well, you know something? I got to be honest. Yeah, you, you did everything right. And um, the shit that the doctor gave you held on too long. And then you had explosive diarrhea like last minute before the door closed on you. So I, yeah, I agree with you. And I don't even give your older brother that much of an unacceptable. You know, because listen, funny jokes, doctor's name is Tongue, your ass is being played with or touched or, I mean, I actually, those are two really awful ways to say it because your ass was definitely not being played with or touched. Your ass was being examined is what I should have said. But, you know, good on your brother for a couple of jokes. And uh, the doctor uh, gave you the wrong medicine. Thank you for the unacceptable. Here we go. Rude coworker fucks up two orders. Uh, okay, Ryan, uh, from another well, one of the Ryans. I think there's six or seven of them. Who knows? Um, I work at a deli with a gluttonous woman who talks on the phone with, <laughs> um, with a headset in a foreign language while uh, at the same time helping customers. I'm not talking about having a conversation on the phone while the customer is waiting. She does it when she's face-to-face with them. Not uh, What's even worse is she doesn't even see how rude and off-putting it is. Uh, we just had a uh, customer get mad and yell at her for giving them the wrong um, bread because she wasn't paying attention. The customer... Uh, rightly scolded her. Maybe if you weren't on the phone, you'd get it right. Her response was, I'm talking to my boss. It turns out this guy knew the boss and knew that he'd never allow that kind of rude shit to go on. She also fucked up another order because she was on the phone and she blamed the customer yet again. She refused to make it right. So I told the customer that I would make it, uh, I would make it again. She proceeded to throw the entire sandwich in the garbage because she put one wrong topping on it. You'd think somebody from a third world, uh, dare I say shithole country, (laughs) would know something about not wasting food. Uh, (laughs) Fucking disgraciad. This fat twat zone refuses to admit she's at fault when she blatantly is. Uh, at this moment, I've been at work for two hours and she's still on the phone. Fuck this bitch. Well, you know what's unacceptable? Not her as much, Ryan, but the boss. Somebody like that, customers complaining, messing up sandwiches, talking in another language on a headset while you're dealing with customers in a deli. That's something that can't be tolerated. That's something that needs to be rectified. They need to fire her. Or just say, look, you're going to, you know, I mean, it's just somebody that clearly doesn't care, you know. Uh, Yeah, that's that unacceptable should be on the boss, in my opinion. Here we go. Um, This is from uh, Halger. Halger from Denmark. Denmark is in Denmark uh, is listening to the Verzi effect. I like it. So uh, Halger in Denmark says, hi, Paul. I'm a long-time listener from Denmark. This week, my wife and I are on a short winter vacation in New York City. Before we left Copenhagen, uh, I browsed the internet to see if you were poss- if I would possibly... Wait. 
internet to see if it was possible to catch Paul Verzi live during our stay in New York. And lo and behold, on uh, Friday, September 2nd, Mr. Verzi's performing at Stand Up New York. So I, of course, got tickets for me and my wife. I was so looking forward to seeing your act. I even bragged to a couple of uh, Danish friends whom I've also got uh, gotten into the Verzi effect that I was finally going to see you live. And then you didn't show up. Uh, is that unacceptable or what, Paul? I came all the way from Denmark to see you, and then you let me down. Unacceptable. <laughs> Paul, I'm sure there's a good reason you couldn't make, uh, make it last night, and the other comics were great, so we had a good time. But uh, to make it up, may I suggest that you join Bill Burr on this next European... Oh, you know what happened? European tour... Seeing you and him together would be totally uh, acceptable. Well, Holger, here, here's the problem and here's what happened. And I do apologize about that. It was funny. I thought you were going to say you were at the second show. I did perform at Stand Up New York on the second. But it was on the 10 o'clock show. I was on at 1030 in that same room you were in. However, I had to change the first show because that was the dance with my little girl. And I obviously uh, had to do that, and I would never miss that. So um, that's what happened. So we contact. I contacted the people at the club, and I was like, "Look, um, I was like, I, uh, I can't. You know, I got, I got to be with my. You know, I have a family thing that I can't. You know, I'm not moving, but I'll be there for the 10:30 show. So you probably walked out of the first show as I was showing up to the second show, and I'm really sorry about that. Um, but I will tell you this, do, do this, do this for me. Next time you come to town and I actually, we were talking about, I am going to, I am going to be, uh, in Europe, but I don't know if it's going to be in Denmark. I know that we have some plans, uh, in place to go to some countries this year. Um, but I will do you this next time you're in New York, you and whoever you hit me up, you write to me. Um, and you tell me when and the dates, and I will make sure um, that you guys are taken care of and all that stuff. So I really do appreciate two things. One, you listening uh, from Denmark and getting people involved. Really appreciate that, man. And the fact that you can But you didn't just come to see me. Like, you were in town. Don't make me feel like a dick. You know, you didn't fly to see me do a 15-minute set. Um... <laughs> But that's, uh, that's cool that you checked and I was on it. And it, go figure. Go figure. That's life. The day somebody, a fan of mine from Denmark, comes in and wants to go to a show is, the, is something that I had to move. And then I end up being on the next show. But we'll work it out, man. I'll take care of you the next time for sure. And um, my uh, just, I mean, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate it. Um, all right. Next one is from Joshua. And the... Subject of this one is Starbucks piece of shit. Okay, this should be funny. <laughs> uh, Joshua says, hey, Paul, it's not like me to be offended for someone else, but here we go. Standing in line at Starbucks and a woman orders her drink. Uh, and the, before she pays, she reiter uh, reiterates no whip. Once her drink is called... She goes to pick it up, and first thing she does is take off the lid, and wouldn't you know, it's, it 
covered uh, with whipped cream. The woman, in a calm but irritated, uh, in a calm but irritated, uh, say, I think you meant to say voice, but that's all right, say that uh, she asked for this drink with no whip. The guy uh, that handed her the drink takes the cup back uh, and with a spoon scoops out most of it. Then he puts a new cap on the drink uh, and uh, one of those green uh, stir sticks and uh, shakes up the drink. Then this piece of shit takes the lid off and says, uh, uh, there you go, no whip. Uh, the woman, like a champ, throws the drink, wow, uh, at the guy and says she's calling corporate and storms out. The guy yells after her to go ahead, bitch, my name is Ryan. <laughs> Thanks for the laughs, man, Josh. Wow. Wow. So the lady says no whipped cream twice. The guy gives her whipped cream and then he just takes it, like half-ass scoops it out and then just gives it back to her. And then she throws it at him. Wow. You know what? That's, yeah. And then the fact the guy's yelling bitch in a Starbucks. Uh, yeah. It sounds like to me the gist of these unacceptables today. The deli worker, okay, that, uh, the deli worker that Ryan talked about. The, um, and the Starbucks worker that Joshua talked about. Those people hate their lives, hate their jobs and need to get out of there. Um, thank you guys so much from wherever you are, especially from Denmark, everybody. Um, the, the, th those are going to be the unacceptables for the week. Um, and my unacceptable for the week now. Okay. We're, cause I got to do my unacceptable and we're talking about the Super Bowl for a while, but guys, I hate to do this, but I, I really have to. And, and look, I love the people that I've met in Philadelphia. I've met great people in Philadelphia. And I know a lot of the people that I've met in Philadelphia do not condone some of the things that are going on. Now, I don't want to sound like a party pooper. I don't want to sound like somebody that doesn't get happiness. I understand the Philadelphia Eagles have not won a Super Bowl ever. I understand their fans love to keep going with this most brutal fans in sports and everything like that. However, to go in front of a hotel and just flip over a stranger's flip over a stranger's car and cheer about it, it's setting things on fire, climbing up poles, just it's like it really is just I mean, you got at some point you got to have some fucking class. Do you know what I mean? Like, at some point, you got to be like, what are we doing here? You know, I don't remember that happening when the Giants beat the undefeated Patriots. I don't remember when the Patriots won all of those Super Bowls, them doing it. I don't remember in San Francisco. I don't remember anywhere. And I get having a good time. You know, you want to run through the streets drinking beer and pouring beer and yelling and say, yeah, we did it. That's one thing. Flipping over cars causing damage, causing fires, which could then make people run and trample on each other. Somebody gets killed. It's unacceptable. It really is. And this is the reason. There was a couple of reasons why, you know, I, I was rooting for the Patriots. And listen, this is not sour grapes. 
I was rooting for the Patriots for the main reason I told you guys. I wanted the Giants to be the only team to beat Tom Brady and Belichick. Uh, and also, the Eagles are in the Giants' division. It's like our biggest foe. It's our it's our it's a rival. Um, I have great friends that love the Eagles. I I know people that have been waiting for this and are so into it. So, um, I get that. But the flipping of the cars and the and the burning things and the climbing up poles and the just all the vandalism and stuff. It and I know it's not everybody in Philly. I know there's some older people in Philly who are thinking the same thing. People in Philadelphia do get a bad rap sometimes because of their attitudes or whatever. They're actually really fucking awesome people. But the clip I saw today of like flipping over cars and stuff like that, how nuts would it be if the car just went back and just crushed somebody? You know, it, it just, I don't know. It's just whatever. That's my unacceptable. Because I, behavior like that to me is just ridiculous. Um, you know, if for anybody that's under, I guess you know, 16. You know, if you're under 16 and you see somebody do it, you run up, I mean, I'll give you a pass, but it's it's a little much. I mean, you got to, you know, grow up. And I feel like if you guys see what I'm talking about, you'll get it. You know what I mean? Like, you got to see the video to just be like, what? Why would you do that? And it's this whole thing to, like, keep up the, oh, you know, we're the craziest fans, we're the most wild fans, and we're the rowdiest, and this and that. It's like, okay, that's one thing. You want to do that. But I know the Kansas City Chief fans are loud and rowdy. You know, I know the, the Seattle Seahawks fans are loud. You know, but when you win, I, I have a little class. Just have a little class. That's all. So that's that's my unacceptable. All right. Uh, now we'll talk about the game. And it was a wild one. It really was. It was a wild Super Bowl from beginning to end. But I have to say this. Okay. And again, I had no dog in the fight. I really didn't care. Um, and like I said, I have amazing friends that are, some of my closest friends are Patriots fans and some of my closest friends are Eagle fans. Um, so I don't, this is not anything about, now I did make a prediction. I was wrong. I thought the Patriots were going to win the game. Uh, I thought the Patriots were going to win the game by a lot. I did not think the lack of defense in this game was going to, that, that, that was there was, would happen. Um, I'm going to say this. It took me a day or like whatever, half a day to process the game. All right. And I'm going to say it was a wild Super Bowl. I'm going to say it was an one of the most entertaining Super Bowls. But I'm not going to say it was a great Super Bowl. And the reason why I don't think it was a great Super Bowl, and I'm not talking about who won. I mean, it's great for Eagle fans. And if I was a Giants fan and they did that last night and getting that fumble was really huge. But... The lack of defense on both sides of the ball. I mean, the game being, you know, what is it, 41 to 33. You know, almost 75 points scored in the game. Um, There was no big, other than that fumble, okay, there were no sacks. There were, what, two punts in the game. Um, You know, but Nick Foles was insane. He was incredible. Um, Brady threw for over 400 yards or whatever, so he was great. Um, but it's just no defense. And somebody said something that made a lot of sense to me. They were like, that game was like in a prevent defense. Like the entire team, like both teams seemed like they were just going to try to bend and not break. And then hopefully somebody was going to get a stop. It was like, it was like both teams were playing 
like, all right, let's just get points, get points, and then we'll try to get a stop. But if not, we're going to get points, get points. Um, you got to give Philadelphia credit. You got to give the Eagles credit, man. Nick Foles was an absolute, I mean, no, just didn't look. I mean, even the interception he threw was not his fault. Um, he was just going for it, threading the needle, making big throws. Uh, Brady, you know, I, I mean, I saw Brady looked old. When Brady tried to run for that first down or run for out of bounds, I mean, he was running like he had fucking, you know, he was running like he had rocks chained to his ankles. I mean, it, it was like, it was like, what are you doing? I mean, the, bo- the body is just not mobile enough. I mean, he's got to get out and they got to do that quick passing, but that's kind of what the Eagles did. Um, so I'm not taking anything away from, from both teams playing their hearts out. I'm not taking anything away from the Eagles winning. You know, good on them and, and everything like that. But watching every pass be caught because the defenders are like, I mean, there was a couple of, I don't know, it just seemed like the defenses were so bad that I, I you know, I when I see great football games, I see like a hard-nosed defense making a stop, you know, goal line stance, I see, you know, a big interception or, you know, knocking a quarterback down, getting him out of his comfort zone. This, I didn't feel like that. You know, I feel like there was one play in this game that made the difference, and it was that one defensive play, the fumble. And you got to give Philadelphia credit for that. They did that. So, uh, you know, but great games to me aren't always necessarily the most entertaining games to me. You know, like, uh, I don't know if this is a fair analogy, but... When you watch an NBA All-Star game, everybody's scoring and dunking and having fun and you get to see all that stuff, but it's not great. Like, the defenses were so bad that, like, there was... There, you Like, it did... It, it's a, both defenses didn't show up until that one guy did at the end and that's what... That was the difference in the game. So, you know, but I just thought that... Uh, I just thought that... And, and let's talk about the other stuff in the game, all right? Um, pink crushed... The national anthem until that one time where her voice cracked. She started to sing like me for like two seconds. Just two seconds. It was really, really good. But there was that one crack. So you're like, ah, halftime show stunk. And I'm glad it's getting the review. I mean, that halftime show, if he didn't do that Prince tribute, if he didn't do the Prince tribute, um, that was it. Like, that was the only really amazing thing about it. Uh, my buddy was there. I don't want to say he works for. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. My buddy was there and he texted and he said, "Did that come across as bad on TV as it was live?" Apparently live it was like unwatchable. Like apparently live that thing was just so bad. Um but on TV it was bad. Like we were all just like, "Eh, you know, like Lady Gaga crushed it last year. You know, Prince crushed it when he did it." Um, there's been a couple, I like Bruno Mars better than last night, and Justin Timberlake is great and talented, but that, that halftime show sucked, and, um, yeah, there was just something about this Super Bowl that was just like, eh, I don't know, ah, maybe, I, I don't know, and I'm really not trying to be a jerk, I'm really not, like, I, it just, it would just felt like, even the emotions of the, I noticed this, did you notice that the emotions of the players, both winning team and losing team, wasn't as nuts, as it should have been, you know, like Nick Foles looked like he was just gonna, he was like, I mean, he was with his daughter, he was fine, but even the coach, they just seemed like, 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe they thought they were going to win, or maybe they. I, it just didn't seem like. I don't. I don't even know how to describe it. I didn't think it was a great. I didn't think it was a great Super Bowl, but I thought it was an, an insanely entertaining one. So, whatever. That's just my thoughts on it because I just hated seeing just every play, twenty yards here. Every play, a big pass play here. And at first, it's cool. You're like, wow, man, this team came to play. But then the other team did it. And you're like, are these defenses even playing? Now let's talk about the penalties. Or let's talk about the the, the no calls and everything like that. I know it seemed like Chris Collinsworth was favoring. They, they definitely did, by the way. Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels, if you're watching the game, they sounded like they were rooting for the Patriots, especially with that end zone thing. But I don't understand... And if somebody could let me know. But when Ertz got that touchdown in the end zone, and then it popped out, and then he caught it again, I, I, I'm i trying to figure out. So he's a runner after he caught and made two football moves, like two, two moves. Now he's a runner. And then he goes in the end zone and just fumbled it and then got it. Is that what they're saying? Because if that's what they're saying, then I get it. But uh, as far as a catch, I didn't know. And then the out-of-bounds catch where the ball was moving, every other time, every other time I've seen football, they've called that They've called that back. The ball moved to the left, and then as it moved to the left, the foot was out-of-bounds. Um, so normally that's a non-catch. That one was a catch. Whatever. Um, who knows? But there was something weird. I don't know how to put my finger on it. There was something weird with this Super Bowl. There was. And uh, if I think about it more, I'll let you guys know in the next one. But entertaining. Good time. Uh, Ate great food. My wife absolutely killed it with the sausage and peppers. I got some wings. We uh, had some beers. And it uh, it was nice. Had some bets. Everything was good. Super Bowl Sunday should absolutely be a holiday. It really should. It's just amazing. You should not have to go to work the next day. So congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, what a season. Uh, what a season for them. Now they have this whole dilemma with quarterback. They got Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles is clearly a starter, so he's got to go start somewhere. And uh, Carson Wentz was a MVP candidate. And as much as, much as you know, it was like what with the with this Trump State of the Union where the uh, Secretary of Agriculture, you know, he's in a private place. He can't be there. Part like, all right, so if you guys don't know, I'll give you the breakdown. So Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. They go like 10, they're like 10 and 1 when he gets hurt or 10 and 2 when he gets hurt, week 12. And then Nick Foles comes in and finishes the job and wins the Super Bowl. That's got to be really tough for a starting quarterback to accept. And part of him has got to be like, shit, man. Like, now he's the guy. Like, now I got to live up to this. You know, I just feel like that. And what I was saying about the Trump State of the Union is, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've learned this, is that when they're all there in that building and all all the people are there, One person can't be there because they say if the unthinkable happens and that building gets wiped out, somebody needs to be in a safe location watching it from somewhere else. And then that person takes over as leader. 
So the Secretary of Agriculture is sitting in some bunker during the State of the Union in case that building, everybody gets killed in there. And you got, I got to do a joke about, but there's got to be, like I was saying, there's got to be something in that person's head like, oh man, how fucking nuts would this be if I was just the next, like I'm the guy. If this shit goes down, like I'm the guy. I mean, part of him probably doesn't want the responsibility, but then the other part is like he would get to start over and just be the leader of the free world. And I'm not saying, I'm, I'm obviously I'm joking, but the thing, with, and it's probably a terrible analogy, uh, talking about a guy who is a quarterback and then somebody else who is, uh, you know, would be the president, but it's got to hurt for Carson Wentz is ultimately what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's, it's, you know, but great job. And um, what what could you say? I mean, I, I'm look. The Giants didn't make it. That hurts. And I know what it's like to see the Giants win. And I just want to be. I just want to see the Giants win one more time with Eli. So we'll see what happens. But uh, that was last night. And uh, there you have it. That that is uh, sports. Not really um, much to talk about. Except I will say this: Tom Brady did show his age a little bit as far as his body. And I know he's 40 years old and he wants to play till he's 45. There's no way Tom Brady's playing till he's 45 years old. I mean, for Tom Brady to play till he's 45 years old, it would be, I mean, I actually think that would be a miracle. I think he's going to have two more good years than his third year when he's 43. I think he'll start to dip and then I think he'll walk off into the sunset. And I think that that's being generous. But 45 is not going to happen. And I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick bounced. You know, if Bill Belichick, you know, kind of left uh, because of the whole situation where the owner took Brady's side, uh, getting rid of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, we'll see what happens with that too. So it should be interesting. And, um, you know, I still think Brady is by far, I've never seen a guy not make mistakes like him. I, I put the greatest of all time with him and, uh, there you go. So that's it for sports and, uh, moving on. We got about 10 minutes left in the show, guys. All right, guys, I will be going out to, uh, California. Let me, uh, let you guys know this. Um, I'll be in California from, I guess in like a week and a half, I'll be out there, um, on the on February 14th, Valentine's Day, I am going to be at the Venice uh, Comedy Townhouse, I, which I heard is one of the best shows in California. I heard it's one of the best shows in the country. I'll be there uh, February 14th. February 15th, I will be opening up for Bill Burr um, at the uh, Arlington Theater, I believe, in Santa Barbara, California. So I'll be in Venice Beach on the 14th, and I'll be in uh, Santa Barbara on the 15th. Then I come back to New York um, after that. Before that, I'll be in Pleasantville, New York, guys. I'll be in Pleasantville on uh, February 9th in Westchester. All right, yeah, so that's uh, February 9th. It's uh, Pleasantville, New York. It's a place called uh, Lucy's Laugh Lounge uh, in Pleasantville on uh, the 9th, okay, and um, then I will be at the stand, I believe, on the 12th, but I think I got something on the on the 10th, too, um, so you could check, just check out, for all the shows, you could check out um, paulverzi.com 
for all of the uh, up-and-coming shows. I'm going to also be doing a live podcast uh, from a uh, location that is undetermined yet, but we're going to be doing that in March, a live podcast. Fans could come out, sit in the crowd. You're going to do some unacceptables with audience members, okay? So you guys got to come out to that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, you guys will be able to watch the podcast. You'll be able to drink. You'll be able to give some unacceptables out. Uh, maybe have a guest come in there. That's going to be live at a, um, a venue that we're putting together right now. That's going to be in March. So TVE Live is going to be awesome. And we're going to uh, work with uh, work with some people on that. So you guys could look out for that. And um, I'm sitting here. My son just walked in the room. And my son is wearing a... Um, he's been wearing a Carolina Panthers. He's wearing a Carolina Panthers uh, hat. A wool winter hat for the past week, and he's saying that he likes the Panthers. Um, it's hard because we're Giants fans, and I don't know what he's doing. But uh, let me ask you, Lucas, why have you been wearing a Carolina Panthers winter hat? Because I'm a Panthers fan. Um, what about all of the jumping around for the Giants and the Odell Beckham and watching all those games, uh, and now one bad season, and you turn your back on the Giants? So what? So why? Explain. I just like them. Why? Because I like some of the players. Yeah. And what about the New York Giants? They're they're my first favorite team with the Panthers. All right, that I could deal with. All right, high five. All right, so he's he likes the Panthers and he loves the Giants. He likes this hat, and then that's that's fine. Um, Lucas got a touchdown in his flag football. He ran the entire length of the field. How did that feel? Oh, and I think that that's a reason why no, he... No, it's not. It's not. It is a little bit. No, the not. name of his flag football team, which is undefeated right now, is the Panthers, and I think that that has something to do with it. He, he won't admit it, but what did you no, feel like not. What did it feel like when you took it to the house, the whole length of the field? I was excited. Yeah? Yeah. Are you faster than everybody? Yes. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and you won your first basketball game, right? Yep. All right, so... I'll I'll get I'll get the the confirmation. So all right, uh, does what? I want to keep being on the show. You want to keep being on the show? Yes. All right. So what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about um, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about baseball when the coach said I could be on the travel team because I'm uh, good enough. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, baseball is a pretty big deal in our town. Uh, because uh, they won like the, the they won the championship uh, the last two years in the state championship the last two years in a row and you know they're trying to groom the young kids coming up and Lucas did a baseball clinic with the coaches and everybody and the coach came up to me at Lucas's basketball game and said hey you know we don't tell this to everybody but how would Lucas feel about being on the travel team because from his skills and his fundamentals and everything, we know who's good enough to do it, and he seems like he'd be good enough to do it. So congratulations, Lucas. Thank you. Are you going to do it? Yes. So Lucas is going to play travel baseball, and um, next time, buddy, what we'll do is after one of your games, I'll give you like a an interview of like how you performed and everything. We'll do like a quick little thing with that. So, um, so say goodbye to the people. Bye. And there you go, everybody. Lucas. Lucas Paul Verzi. Um all right, yeah, and he is awesome. He's a he's an awesome little boy. Um all right, we're gonna wrap up this show here. Um guys, go to my website to get all of the dates and uh, please 
Do not forget my um, amazing, amazing sponsors, Chassis. Go to Chassis for Men. Get the amazing powder for your man care down there. You will love it. It's an amazing product. Chassisformen.com. And also, uh, you could get it at Amazon.com. Also, City Living Dog and Coach Mike. Check out his YouTube channel. And, uh, of course, All Things Comedy. Go to All Things Comedy for the best podcasts albums and uh, all that stuff. Uh, you could check out uh, them at allthingscomedy.com. Uh, go to paulverzi.com for all of my upcoming dates. Um, I'm putting more dates are getting added on and uh, we will uh, hopefully see you at a comedy club uh, near you. Take care. I will talk to you guys soon. This is TVE 342.